you're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Hey, Paige, what, what stood out to you in, in, uh, in that performance yesterday from the Buckeyes? Anything in wow. particular? Cor- Corcoran's corner pretty much summed it up. Nothing. There was nothing about that game. I mean, uh, the, the only thing that stood out to me about that game is that it, it, it just reminded me that I'm just a jaded Ohio State fan because in years past, I like last year, had that game been close, we'd have just been complaining because – uh, why is this game even close? But <laughs> yesterday I just found myself complaining, like, why am I even watching this game? And why is this team in the Big Ten? And there, there's just, it, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's just disappointing coming after a bye and it's 21 nothing, you know, after three possessions. You're like, this isn't, even a, this isn't even a fun game to watch. And so truth be told, Mikey and I didn't even watch it. <laughs> we at that point flipped I over. I watched it on the, tape tonight uh, after the Bama LSU game, and just kind of—I uh, was uh, reading like a magazine. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even do that. I didn't even do that. I—I I mean, you know, minor things. I don't know. Did they look that sharp? I mean, Fields didn't look that sharp. It's hard to say. I mean, if they put up seventy-three points, guys, and even play in the second half, but looked like he was, you know, a little missing some receivers here and there, but. Uh, all in all, I, I mean, I, it's just a game. We move on from it to even a more embarrassing matchup next week until oh, God. finally end the season with some some competition. I, I mean, what's staggering about this is that th- that this Maryland team that we just we just beat by sixty beat Rutgers forty eight to seven. Mister Sloan, <laughs> what uh, what did you see from yesterday? So what I thought the good thing is that I saw is that this team is coming out playing every team with the same intensity. I didn't think, to Paige's point, I didn't think it was flawless, but they did execute well on both sides of the ball. And when you see that kind of, for lack of a better way of putting it, like team blindness, like they don't care who the other team is across there, they're just going to hit them with as much punch as they can and take it to them, whether it's the first team or the second team. Uh, I like that because, I mean, even if they had, did have the second and third teams in there, they still almost doubled up the score from the first half. So, you know, again, I think Day has a good focus on this team. And when you are at games like this, while they're not enjoyable from the fan, is instructive because the mindset of these guys are just to go out and kill whoever's on it, out in front of them. Yeah. No, I, I did like that. I, and I like the way you, you – you... You describe that kind of like nameless, faceless opponent, right? You don't think about who your opponent is. You just go out and execute. You play your game, and that's exactly what they did. They just continued to, you know, they continued to, to you know, to do what they've been doing all year long and didn't didn't pay any mind to the fact that it was Maryland. What else did you see from yesterday? Uh, you know, you know, I like tough. Tough Orland had a solid game, and it's always good to yeah. see when he his game has been lifted up a little bit. I think him having a little bit more confidence out there, especially the the, the uh, first half of the season last year, he did really poorly, and he's been playing inspired ball, and mm-hmm. it's good. And I think it's been because we've had that rotation, we've had other guys coming in there, Harrison especially, that have made him probably up his game because he wasn't going to do it, then he wouldn't be he'd be out there playing. But 
he has been and he's been delivered. I think he was the leading tackler yesterday. So yeah, you know, hats off, hats off to him. Yeah, yeah, a good call on that. Yeah, he had a nice. It was either a third and one or a yeah, I think it was a third and one stop on Anthony McFarland, right in the hole on third and short. Uh, and you know, McFarland was the guy who tore us up last year in College Park, and that that play stood out to me. He also had a nice that sack. Play definitely stood out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was nice. What I'm going to remember most from the game, there's three things that that my, that were what I remember the most uh, from from this game. The first is, well, the highest State already up 14 to nothing. They 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 execute that perfect onside kick that Alave caught along the sidelines. Uh, they were up 14-0 at that yeah. point, and then they score right away. And then and then after that, the next thing that I that I'll take away from that was that up, and I already mentioned it, up 42 to nothing with 26 seconds to play. Maryland's punting, and Ryan Day calls for the punt block. And Seven Banks barely misses that. I thought that was just ruthless. Ruthless, uh, you know, uh, attacking by Day. He certainly wanted to finish that game. He wanted to, like, he could go for the kill shot right out of the gates. But the fact it that it also he, means we got a really good special team. Hell yeah, on both sides. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Mike. Uh, I mean, that kick looked—you couldn't have thrown Perfect. a better pass to to Olave up the sidelines than what Habiel did with his foot. It was it was quite a play. But the fact that they did it in the situations that they did it, right? Uh, you know, the 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 it was what mid first quarter. You're already up two scores, and it's evident that Maryland is going to have no hope of stopping you. And yet, you kick it anyway. You do the you pull the onside kick anyway, and then with 26 seconds to go, you know you're up 42 to nothing, and and you're you've got the punt block on. Um, <laughs> you I just got think that. that's freaking ruthless. Yeah. The other thing, it's uh, was after the game, and I had mentioned this over text to you guys. I really thought it was cool the video uh, in the post game that was circulating on Twitter of the Ohio State players mobbing uh, Maryland linebacker Keandre Jones, as you guys remember. Oh, Jones. dude, it was like and he he said, "Go out and win the Natty." Yeah, I thought that was really that cool. Was I mean, Keandre Jones spent three years with the program, and and basically, I think it was Pete Warner who beat him out. He transfers to Maryland because he wants to play. I think he had even said in the in one of the pregame interviews that it was nothing personal. He just wanted to play. And I just thought it was cool to see the players mob him. I mean, there was a huge group of Ohio State players there, and they spent a good long time with him taking pictures. And, you know, they talk about it being a brotherhood, and I guess if you're a cynical type, you can roll your eyes. But, I mean, if you look at that situation and don't come away believing that it really is a brotherhood, these guys really care about each other, uh, you know, there's something wrong with you. I thought it was really cool. So th- those are my three takeaways I, I from the game. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So what, but what, what is the logic of running that onside kick against Maryland? Right. I, I mean, because it, it, in, in the 40 years I've been watching football, I've never seen that. And it was the most flawlessly executed onsite ever. Yeah. But you pull it. I mean, you might need that against Penn State or Michigan. I, I yeah. don't understand well, why he did it in that game. Well, well yeah. So I, I tend to think it's calculated. And I think he might be trying to set up another play on special teams by showing that one. Um, there was Joel Klatt had pointed out during the telecast that um, Maryland was cheating a guy over on the kickoffs and they were not covering that side of the field. I don't know if there's some advantage to that. Maybe in an onside kick situation where if Ohio State ever has to, to, to use one, um, you know, they make the team cover the entire field. Maybe they spread them out. They don't let they don't let the opposition, you know, bunch up in the middle of the field, you know, as they often do with these onside kicks to field it. I don't know. To me, I'm sure it's calculated. It has to be setting some other play up down the line would be my guess, Paige. Matt, do you have any thoughts on that play? 
you know what? There's a, uh, I agree, kind of, this is going to sound chicken shit, but I kind of agree. I mean, it's just part of me is like Maryland showed it. So they said, hey, we've been practicing it. Let's see if we can execute it in real time. But there's the, also the point of like, why shouldn't we should probably back pocket this until we really need it? Because mm-hmm. obviously teams will be looking for that or keen on Alave, which just so happens probably to be arguably our best receiver. So mm-hmm. you kind of take this one out of the, the playbook now. Well, I mean, honestly, that's that's all. I mean, first of all, I think your point's taken, Paige, well taken, and and I and I do agree. I mean, I think that is a good question. Why waste it in that situation against that opponent? Seems like something you'd want to pocket for Penn State or Michigan. And I guess only time will tell. We'll see. Maybe he's setting up some other play off of that action down the line. I guess we'll see. Well, let's move. Let's move to the elephant in the room. Uh, it's Chase Young, right? Uh, obviously, he was not in action. There was a report. There were some comments by Herb Street. Uh, that morning on game day about the situation where Herb Street had said he had heard it was a four-game suspension and that Ohio State would appeal to get the suspension knocked down. Um, obviously, yeah, a lot hinges on this, although uh, you know the, there is the question of whether Ohio State can, can win these next three games without him. Mike, I want to kick it over to you. What, what's your view of the situation, and how do you think this is going to shake out for Young? I th- young, I'm hoping I had heard at the end of the game. I, I don't know if it's been updated since, but in the fourth quarter, all they were talking about was young. They weren't even paying attention to the game. And, um, Clatt, what's that his name? He, Joel he Clatt. Thought, yeah. Thought, and I, it sounded uh, reasonable that may it's probably going to get down to two games. Not probably that wasn't the word he used, but he would can see it coming down from four to two. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I mean, I, I, I noticed his backup. I can't tell if it's because Maryland's so bad or our backups are really that good. Uh, Zach Harrison, he, he looked good. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek Smith. Mm-hmm. He was uh, – he was – but then again, it could have just been a shitty Maryland line. Yeah. I think they've but, had – they've struggled. They've had, like, guys missing on the offensive line. They have, they've had trouble piecing together an offensive line all season. But yeah, you're right. They did look good. So, you know, and we'll need Young for the playoffs for sure. Oh, without question. So and maybe I even just before hope then. He wants to come back. Yeah. He oh. gets out four games. Maybe he just sits out the rest of the season and just goes pro. Does it, does it Bosa? Does it Nick Bosa? That's what I'm. <laughs> oh, that would be disappointing. About. I hope it doesn't come to that. Paige, what do you think? I, I think there's another shoe to drop. I think it's too clean right now. We've obviously been texting about it all day long. I don't think anybody knows anything. And it's just rumors and innuendos. We don't know who the person was. Um, and my big thing is this guy's probably an agent and or is he a booster? I don't even know what qualifies someone mm-hmm. to become a booster. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, that all being all that being said, uh, I sort of the question in my mind is, is the high state still an excellent defense without chase young? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think they need him whatsoever to, to win the next three games be great against Michigan, but I don't even think they need him for that game hmm. now to get through the playoffs. Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, but, uh, the next, the next, so even if it is four games, I think I think we'll be you know we should be fine, but it's uh, it's definitely a huge loss, and you know, and the other thing, no one says this, but like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Why are you taking this money? I'm sorry, like this stuff is pounded into your heads ad nauseum, I'm sure, and 
you still, you know, it's like to take your girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl. Like, I mean, seriously, like, what the fuck are you thinking? And, uh, you know, I, I think everyone's just like free chase, free chase. But I'm also like, dude, you got to be smarter than that. And so part of me is kind of like pissed off at him because of it. <laughs> I heard Mike, it was Mike, not an agent. So you hear it's not an agent, Mike. All right. So, yeah. What, what are you what are your thoughts on this? Um, I don't think uh, I, Two games. I think it's more political. Right now, it's like, do you bring him back just for uh, you know sitting out two games? Is like he's just on a little vacation. The only mm. thing he gives up is that Heisman chance, yeah. and most people don't really think he's got a really good shot. Yeah, in two games, he's just resting. But if you bring him back for three, say he gets three games, and you're bringing him back for the Michigan game, that mm. the optics don't look good on that. You're bringing him back for the biggest game in the NCAA weekend. You know, the whole season. Huh. So, you, so you I, think so? You think the the NCAA will kind of bend to pressure, to public pressure, or to public it'd be perception? Very difficult to bring him back for the Michigan game. Have him sit out for Penn State and bring him back for Michigan. It'd okay. be tough to do that. It, it wouldn't look good. You don't think it would look good? So, so you're saying, so you're saying that they would they would only keep it to two games, or they have to go beyond two games because the public perception would be that he got off easy. I'm hoping they can get away with the two games thing. Okay. I, I, if it's not two, it's not going to be. They're not going <laughs> to speak. I see. All right, Mr. Sloan, uh, wanted to get your take on this. Yeah. What, what, how do you see it? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing that it comes to my mind, and of course, like Paige and what everyone's saying is a speculation, but to my mind, it's you know, once bitten, twice shy. You know, we had a nasty little scandal some years Good ago. Down, dude. Yeah. that uh, threw out our coach and really brought down our program. So mm -hmm. I think that them getting ahead of this and self-reporting and everything, they're, I don't think that – I think they would – before they even self-reported, they probably did enough due diligence of, like, what is the facts? Just tell us what it is and before we went forward. So because the thing that happens when you report something and you're trying to hide something – that's gonna. That's gonna. Those are the things that cripple you. It's not the initial thing. It's trying to get away with it. Yep. Exactly. Um, so I. So I think that. Thank you. Even, I, the NCAA is is the vagaries of the NCAA. We none of us know. I mean, you could go by precedent, but even they. That's not consistent. So, my guess is that at worst it would be four games, and they could appeal and, they, and rightfully probably get it down to two. I. Just think, uh, my gut is that it'll just be two games and they'll be done with. I just don't think, you know, if there's anything deeper to it, I don't really think unless Chase will, you know, kept something from them uh, and the OSU is totally ignorant of it, that this is pretty, we got all the facts out and it will be, you know, hopefully judged on and then they'll, he'll be back for Penn State. You know, this, this situation reminds me of the Troy Smith situation at the end of the 2004 season. And didn't, right. didn't he get, he got suspended for, he missed the bowl game that year, right? They, they, they beat Michigan, but he missed the bowl game. And then he had to miss, I think, at least one or it could have been two games of the following season as well. But it was a similar situation. Yeah. It was a booster that gave him money. It was a small sum of money. Not exactly the same situation, but it was, you know, he was given money. I don't think he paid it back, but I think he had like a three-game suspension, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I hear what Paige is saying, and I am. I have some of the same concerns that once the NCAA starts digging, 
it's it's just this is that that quiet period that makes me really nervous because sometimes it is exactly what what it's it's it is what it is on its face and it's not a big deal and it's a small suspension which was kind of the Detroit Smith situation right he he served a small you know handful of game suspension um, but sometimes when you start digging a little deeper other things come up and you know the scope of it could be you know a little bigger than it's presented to be in this quote-unquote, family friend, I think the NCAA has to look into it, right? They have to, and Ohio State has to report it because, you know, these agents, they're not allowed to contact these kids themselves. They can lose their license. They can get in trouble. But, you know, certainly they have people working for them that are reaching out to these kids. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, Paige. I kind of feel like, you know, I'm, I'm fingers crossed here, but I'm not ruling out the possibility that an investigation could reveal more uh, you know, I just think stuff. the last thing, and then I think we should move on from the topic. It is just a wee bit suspicious yeah. that this family friend is somebody that he met after his freshman year or during his freshman year. Yeah. So the timing w- is a little, w- what, yeah, the timing here, just, I, you know, I, trust me and I'm pulling shit out of my ass as much as anybody else. But that, my point is nobody, I think really knows what's going on. And so do I want it to be two games? Sure. I'll deal with the optics. Sure. I'm just, I'm not going to be completely surprised if there's not a little bit more to this story than we've, you know, been led to believe to this yeah. point. Um, all right. You know, I was going to ask you guys, um, this is the most dominant I think I've ever seen an Ohio State team play this late into the season. I was trying to think of, a, you know, a season that compares to this, and I'm talking strictly about the regular season. I mean, that the 2014 team had a dominant postseason. They went on a dominant postseason run where they kind of just transformed themselves into this, this completely different next-level team from the regular season. And they were good in the regular season, but they were next-level on that postseason run. But I'm trying to think of, like, a season that compares to this in our lifetimes— um, I mean, the 96 season kind of comes to mind. I remember they started that year like with a 70, 70 point performance against like Rice. And then the next week against like Pitt, they had a 70 point game. And I think in the first half of that season, they beat up on a, on a top five Notre Dame team. And then the next week they beat up on a top five Penn State team. But they didn't sustain their dominance for three months. And of course, we all remember how they lose to Michigan in the shoe. They laid an egg in that game. They, they actually had a really close game at Indiana the week before that. But there were moments, there were stretches of that season where they were really, really dominant, like looked like one of the best Ohio State teams in history. The 2013 season, similar as well. Uh, they, they had moments during that season where they had like, they had a stretch where they scored 63, 56, and 60 in consecutive blowouts of Purdue, Penn State, and Illinois. And we, as we all remember, they went 12-0 and in the regular season that year. But they almost lost to Michigan. Yeah, they should have lost to Michigan. Game. The Michigan game yeah, was a disaster. Yeah, that so, was a bad one. I mean, I'm having trouble coming up with, and, and I, I know I don't want to jinx it. But them. that's where we are right now. That's where we are right now. Have. Nine games in. Uh, I don't remember an Ohio State team that has been this dominant for this long into a season in my lifetime. I mean, I think you have to go back to like the Woody Hayes era. Uh, it, it's it's crazy. There's another te- there was another uh, tweet from Bill Landis of the Athletic who just went down the the big like 
national statistics, the ones that the playoff committee considers, and, and listed where Ohio State ranks in there. Number one in scoring defense, number one in scoring offense, number six in offensive yards per play, number one in defensive yards per play, number one in third down offense, number two in third down defense, number two in offensive red zone TD percentage, number two in defensive red zone TD percentage. I mean, that's ridiculous. And I know they haven't played the same schedule as LSU, but they've still played LSU's a good schedule. LSU's number one schedule, but I think we have the second hardest schedule. I thought I just saw that. Yeah, Is that, that possible? That, that may be true. I still think it's a very good schedule. And the fact that they're this dominant against a, what seems to be a really good, a pretty darn good schedule and where they rank in all these really key measures. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if you guys have any historical comparison that I'm missing here. Yeah. Does anybody, Paige, do you have any? So I, 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 we we have a tougher schedule than I think than Clemson and Alabama, but I'm sorry, guys, our schedule is not fucking hard. Look at it. The yeah. best Big Ten team we played is Indiana. Probably it yeah. really is. <laughs> yeah. So so we we played Nebraska. They are horrible. Yeah. Michigan State. They are horrible. Northwestern. They are horrible. Yeah. Maryland. They are horrible. Yeah. I don't understand why people think we have such a hard schedule. In fact, I think the I think Big Cincinnati Ten. Cincinnati and Wisconsin it, are helping. Yeah. And yeah, Indiana. Well, yeah. Since it, so, yeah. So, Indiana is saving our ass, and, and so is Cincinnati. But Cincinnati was life and death to beat, like, East Carolina the other day. All right. I, I still think this is a great team. <laughs> I still think that, you know, we're going to run the table. But I'm certainly not on board that we played a very hard schedule today. And I think the big, the Ben is pretty fucking awful this year. You they are. But other, than, yeah, but other than Alabama, I mean, who really has LSU played their, their SEC is full of dogs just as much as the big 10 is. Well, I, 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 I I'm not going to dispute that fact. I'm not disputing that, but I'm, I, what I'm saying is our, 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 the big Ten's not very good this year, guys. You could be right about that. You could, I mean, you know, Penn State. Possibly. Yeah. I, we don't know until when they, the, the funny, the thing that hurts is, you know, the only thing that we have to judge by is Michigan and Notre Dame. There's not more, we, like, we don't have, we need more. I'm glad that we, I don't even know how old I'll be, 60 when they play Georgia in 2030. <laughs> it's like, they need, they need more. It's hard to tell with these things because we don't play the other big conferences as much yeah. as anymore. So it's all speculation. We could be, but we got to wait till December and January to find out how good our conference really is and how good their conference is. I, I, Paige, you might be getting ahead of that narrative a little bit. I mean, you could be. I mean, because I, I haven't heard a lot of national discussion yet that maybe the Big Ten was overrated or not any good. So maybe you're ahead of a, of, of a lot of people on that. But yeah, you're looking at, you know, the Badgers are seven and two. Not bad. Uh, Iowa's six and three in the West. You've got Illinois, who's now in third place in the West. Michigan's been a disappointment. I think we can all agree on that. And then you know Penn State go- losing to Minnesota on the road. I think maybe eh, I, maybe we would all conclude that they're not as good as we thought. And, and while we're on that topic, why don't we switch over to the result of the the Penn State Minnesota game? Um, Let's see. We, what was the final on that one? That was, if anyone's got that, final score, 31-26 Minnesota. Uh, that was a, a good game that came down to the, the, the very last possession, although Minnesota really controlled that game for most of the game. Um, Mike, what did you see out of that Minnesota-Penn State game? I know you watched 
a good part of that. We, yeah, we we switched over to it, and I don't think you know Penn State. I was never really impressed with them before. Uh, it, it was kind of a no lose situation for us. I mean, we want them coming. It would have been nice to play them undefeated. Would have raised their profile when we beat them. But now Minnesota's undefeated. It looks like we're, that might be a, actually a a decent game to to end the the uh, Big Ten championship. So yeah, yeah. Either way, I mean, we got to play them both. Um, and they, neither one of them are really all that impressive. They could be dangerous, but that's about it. Okay. Paige, what did you see yesterday in that game? Mr. Van? I don't think Penn – yeah, I, I, I don't think Penn State's that good. Um, we kind of talked about that in the pod before. I had not seen Minnesota play before, and you know, so I didn't really have a strong opinion on them. Um, so, you know, kudos to, to Minnesota for pulling that out. Uh, I'm still not a – you know, a big believer, uh, you know, that Minnesota can go toe to toe with high stage was clearly the class of the big 10, mm-hmm. but I just want for the record to know that four of our big 10 opponents, if you exclude, uh, Michigan state and Indiana, have a combined five and 21 record. I got a strength of schedule oh. thing in front of me. Ohio state's at five in I- front of them. Michigan, Wisconsin, Auburn, LSU is the hardest strength schedule. Interesting. So we're number five. It's we're not, number five. I, I, you know, I, I think Cincinnati is a, a good, solid top twenty-five team. Uh, I, Indiana got into the top twenty-five, uh, the the bottom half of the top twenty-five. Um, just uh, the AP poll, I saw that, and um, and then you know Wisconsin's a middling top twenty-five team. They're solid teams. But yeah, they're not Alabama, they're not Auburn, they're not Florida, and LSU's played all those teams and beaten all those teams, so credit to them for that. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I, Paige, I don't know if I agree with you that the, the Big Ten is dog shit. Um, I, I think Ohio State's played a good, solid schedule so far. Clearly, their toughest tests are, are, are ahead of them. I, I think the reason they, they are where they are in the rankings is, is more eye test than, than strength of schedule, uh, in my opinion. Matt, how do you see this... Uh, what do you see from your your perspective on Ohio State and their schedule? Well, I mean, to to I watched a half of the the Minnesota Penn State game, and you know, quite frankly, guys, I, I was very enjoyable watching football. Yeah. There wasn't like a shit. There wasn't mistakes. They were making some well executed plays. They were making some great defensive stops. Um, you know, you see the Illinois being competitive. It's like to me, the more you know, not you know, parity. Obviously, no one's on the Ohio State level, but you see parity in the lower ranks that makes the conference, I think, a little stronger. I think you saw Illinois twice, well, not twice. It's like once came back and almost won, and then won. They won two games, and then no one thought they were going to win. Yeah, and Minnesota, Minnesota doing what they're doing, uh, and Iowa's been not bad. It, I think it's much more competitive than, than it has been since I remember. Like I. Just think these. I think the, the the like none of them are at the elite level. Like we are both in recruiting, coaching, players, and staff, just light years ahead of everyone. And as I would say, LSU and Alabama are too. Clemson. Yeah. But I think if you compare the Big Ten, the ACC, and to maybe the SEC, like our lower ranks are very competitive. Like they they won't give us a great game, but they'll be somewhat competitive. Uh, like if we play Minnesota, I can see us beating them by a couple touchdowns, but it won't be like fifty-six to seven. It, they'll, I think, they'll do well. They have a good coach. They have 
players who know how to execute. And I think Penn State, you know, will I think the same thing. We'll beat them by two touchdowns, but you know they're going to put a fight to us. So yeah. um, I'm I'm more impressed this year by what the Big Ten is doing. Again, they're not ones at the level of Ohio State, but you know it's been fun. Like I had, like I said, genuinely enjoyed watching the game. It wasn't like two teams slogging it out. There was some innovative play calling. Yeah. There's people. There's some talent on the field. Uh, what's that receiver for Penn State had almost Hamler. You know, like a Hamler almost had 200 yards. You know, like it was just a good, uh, you know, like I said, a good game. So I, again, I think it, it's like two different conversations. It's Ohio State, and then how's the rest of the Big Ten stack up against each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It was a really entertaining game, and uh, uh, it, it wasn't as you say. It wasn't just a, a, a Big Ten slog like you saw with. You know Iowa and, and Wisconsin in in another one of the games yesterday. No, this this game had lots of big plays, lots of offense. Um, you know, a reasonable amount of scoring. It wasn't you know played in the mid forties. Uh, you know, like Bama LSU. Um, so there was some defense. There was some resistance to, to, to a lot of this offensive talent that both teams brought in brought into the game. Um, I was actually impressed by Clifford. Uh, Penn State, Sean Clifford, their their quarterback, he finished with 340 yards. Now, he doomed them with three interceptions. You just can't throw three interceptions in a big game like that. Yeah. And and uh, the Ohio, or, sorry, the Penn State secondary came into that game with some pretty big questions, and I think Minnesota really exploited them down the field. And I think, you know, in two weeks in Columbus, that does not bode well for Penn State uh, with the way that Minnesota was able to, to really exploit their secondary down the field. I just went through some of the stats. Uh uh, Minnesota, their uh, their quarterback Morgan threw uh, for he was eighteen of twenty for three hundred and thirty nine yards. I mean that is ridiculous. He had two incompletions in that entire game, and th- he threw touchdown passes of sixty six, thirty six, and twenty one yards in the first half. Minnesota only scored once in the second half, but on uh, on that scoring drive, uh, there was a twenty three yard and a thirty eight yard pass play. So they really took advantage of the Penn State secondary. Uh, but I think Minnesota also has some really good receivers. Um, I, I think that kid Johnson, uh, he came into the shoe last year. Tyler oh, Johnson right. did, and he actually played pretty well against us in last year's game. Uh, and then uh, Bateman for uh, for Minnesota, he had a huge game. Rashad Bateman, he oh, finished yeah, with yeah. like over 200, 200 yards receiving. So, um, you know, and I don't think Minnesota is a slouch. I think they're solid defense. I was looking at their statistics nationally. I think they're somewhere in the, the 20s. In, in most of the, the important defensive statistics. And uh, Penn State went over 500 yards of total offense against them uh, in that game. So, um, yeah, I, I agree that, that Penn State will probably give us a pretty good game, and, and Ohio State has got to be on, uh, on alert in that game. They have to be ready for, for their skill. Um, I, I think Clifford is a, better, uh, is a better quarterback than I had realized. Uh, maybe the Penn State defense, however, isn't quite as good as we thought going into that game, it seems like there's some some places where we might be able to exploit them. Any other uh, any other comments on the Penn State Minnesota game? Anything else you guys saw? All right, nope. go ahead, Matt. Said nope. Nope. Okay, great. Uh, well, then there was another game of uh, probably much greater importance, which was the Bama LSU game, uh, and that was that was also pretty entertaining. Forty six. To 41 LSU, and I, I swear to God, I, I mean, you could. The, the, to me, I, I had to do a double take looking at that score because I, I thought it said Oklahoma Texas Tech at first, but no, that's LSU 46, <laughs> Alabama 41. The teams combined for 1,100 yards of total offense. 
what is that, 87 points. Um, I think in terms of offensive skill, you're not going to find a, a better uh, display of offensive skill in any game probably that's played at least until the playoffs, maybe all year long. I mean, the res all the skill uh, players on both sides were obviously NFL-level talent, next-level talent. Um, my big takeaway, before I kick it around the horn to you guys, my big takeaway was as, as impressive as the quarterbacks were in that game, Joe Burrow, I think he's your runaway Heisman winner at this point, um, and Tua for Bama, who I thought was gritty, played very well you know, on a bad, on a bum leg. As great as those offenses looked, I came away thinking, where the hell was the defense? I mean, there, there was no resistance whatsoever defensively. And it made me think about, okay, if we spin this forward, you know, going up against more balanced teams, you know, could one of these teams be had? I mean, Alabama's on the outside looking in, but LSU, as good as they've looked, they'll be number one on Tuesday, I think. But, you know, if they, they run into a team with like talent who's a little more balanced, a little better defensively, I don't know, man. I, they didn't look so good to me defensively, and certainly Bama didn't either. Paige, what did you see in that game that stood out? Yeah, the offensive skill players were amazing. Uh, I'm officially off the Joey Burrow bandwagon because I think as Ohio State fans, we all need to be careful what we wish for. <laughs> yeah. um, that seems to me like a collision course, which would be great, uh, you know, playoff and or national championship game. But God, he's he's just great. He's accurate. Um, and the defenses, yeah, I mean, there was just the secondary play was not stellar by either team. Um, but then again, I mean, Bama probably has three wideouts that are going to play at the next level. So it was just a complete departure from what we're used to in the SEC. It was great seeing Burrow do that. That was awesome. I was cheering my ass off for them. But that's official. I'm done with that because <laughs> I think we're going to see him very soon. Yeah. Uh, and it would be the irony of ironies, right, for, for LSU to take us down. So. I mean, who saw this coming out of Burrow? Because he was not this guy last year. He was certainly not this quarterback at Ohio State. And he was not even this quarterback in his first year at LSU. Uh, who saw this type of performance from Burrow? I mean, he's been otherworldly. I, I certainly didn't see and, it. And, and, and he, he, he runs can the ball. beat you with his legs, keepers, too. Yeah. yeah, those keepers yeah. were killers. Yeah. Mike, what did you see out of that game yesterday? that stood out to you? Um, I can't help but thinking that that last bomb touchdown that forced an onside kick and when Clemson had it wrapped up, all they needed to do was run out the clock and they ended up getting in the end zone. It was over yeah. a minute and a half. And the very first play, 85, that's bad coaching on LSU part. They're lucky to escape. I mean, yeah. And I can't help but thinking that, touchdown may have put Alabama in the playoffs now or or certainly they yeah it made the margin closer look, so yeah, now it that looks like you know yeah, that's a good point by five is uh how are you going to keep a team that only lost is five points to the runaway you know yeah well especially when favorite. most when a lot of the people who decide these sorts of things are already kind of conditioned to give Bama the a huge benefit of the doubt anyway then you get that cheapy touchdown. I don't what was what the fuck was LSU doing in like press man coverage on that play? It's terrible. Right? Yeah, I yeah. mean it, that seemed yeah. to be. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think Danielson lost his mind on that play. Right? He was like, "What are they right. doing? 
That that is yeah. idiotic. Just make them go five plays down. And yeah. Anything else out of that game that stood seconds. out to you? Um, just you know what you guys saw. Uh, I'm really impressed with Burrow. I'm happy with Burrows. He's, uh, he's he's doing well. But no, I didn't see this out of. He, isn't he like the third string quarterback behind Haskins when yeah. Barrett was taking a break? Yeah. I mean, he didn't show us any. He didn't do anything. There was nothing. No, I mean, you I mean, know, there you, was nothing to see. That, eh. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't think yeah, anyone uh, foresaw this. It's it's uh, it's amazing what he's put together this last season at LSU. Mr. Sloan, why don't you tell me what you saw in, in that game yesterday, if you were able to catch any of the action? Yeah, I watched some of it. It's, it was kind of like watching an all-star game. There's a lot of fun shit going on, but uh, totally, <laughs> you know. Ultimately, I was not looking at either team, thinking like we couldn't beat them. Mm-hmm. And I just saw, I just, yeah, I didn't see the defensively. I didn't see them pressing or doing things that were trying to adapt to any of the, what the other team was doing. I saw like some safeties playing way off the ball, linebacker play almost fairly non-existent um yeah again again you know it is what it is but uh it was it was like i said it was like watching an all-star game a lot of a lot of a lot of big plays a lot of points but not a lot of defense and you know and when it when the time comes for championships defense is how you win it so yeah i yeah it's fun to, it's fun to watch the sec you know hopefully we'll get a team we got to play a team and uh, show them how it's done. <laughs> well, one thing, one thing's for sure. One of my other big takeaways from this game is that should we see either one of these two teams, you have to have Chase Young. And neither of these teams has a Chase Young, by the way. And, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Bama lost two starting linebackers to season-ending injuries either very early in the season or before the season started. And you could see that defensively they're not in this, the same universe that they've been the last six or seven years defensively and I think I would say the same thing for LSU as well I I think it's a bit of a down year on the defensive side of the ball for both programs as good as that offensive skill talent is and I believe it truly is good I mean exceptional you know future NFL talent there does what's really stood out to me was again was the lack of resistance by both defenses in this game it was it was pretty staggering I mean yeah yeah Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, Matt. I mean, ne- neither one of them has like an Akuda or a Wade. Like, I just, yeah. you know, both those guys have been shutting down. Granted, we haven't played in one of Alabama's level, mm-hmm. but those guys have been showing what they can do and basically nullifying any kind of receiving core that we played against. Yeah. Well, you, you know what's really funny is here we are. What was it? What was it? 2011 that these two teams played? It was nine to six. The game went into overtime, and LSU beat Alabama 9-6, to and the two teams were rematched in the title game. And that was another game that went a very low scoring. Oh, right, right, right. Remember right. that? It's just so funny. Like Here we are nine years, eight years later, and uh, we're getting a 46-41 to score. Um, it, it's, it's amazing how much the game has changed and how much this, these, this league has changed. Um, I think probably some of the rules changes and stuff that to protect players have kind of opened up. The I think offenses. it's the teams. Both teams got elite players at quarterback, at wide receiver, mm-hmm. and running back. Yeah. Those two running backs were murdered. I, I that agree. Little with guy you. from fuck, LSU, Edwards. that little butterball, yeah. impossible <laughs> to tackle. Yeah. And Harris was a monster too. They, they, yeah. The, the, all three of them are stacked at receiver. Yeah. Three pro quarterbacks going. Yeah. And then their quarterbacks are, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, the Heisman. I think even with a good defense, 
uh, going in, you know, playing either of these two teams, you, you're going to have to be prepared to score 35 or more because their their offensive skill is just that good. I think. Um, yeah. But 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 defensively, these teams can be had, uh, and I I think Ohio State would, especially on a neutral field. I don't know. I. I over the middle, it looked open. They used they seemed to be doing whatever they wanted over the middle. Yeah, but they were also making obscene catches with the guy all over them. Yeah, so still pulling it out. So we think LSU is probably going to be number one on Tuesday. Is would you guys agree, or do we think do we think Ohio State hangs yeah. on to number one? No way. Yeah, LSU. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be LSU. I think so. Yeah. And I, I got no problem with that. That's fine. I mean, LSU has wins over Texas, who's turned out to be not very good, but Texas on the road. They beat Florida and Auburn, and now this win over Alabama. I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, I know some of those games were close. They gave up a lot of yards and points in some of those games, but they won them nonetheless. That's fine. You want to put LSU at number one? Go right ahead. I'm fine with that. I'll take like, just get us into the field. You know, as far as Ohio State's concerned, just get us into the field. That's all I'm really concerned about. And you know, get get Chase Young back into the fold at some point. You know, before the postseason starts, I think that's absolutely crucial. Paige, do you have any other comments on uh, on this game or where Ohio State might uh, might land on Tuesday in the new college football playoff rankings? I think second. I mean, I think it's fair. LSU's, I mean, their schedule's pretty brutal. Um, clearly, we all know that I don't think ours is, so um, I'd be surprised <laughs> if LSU isn't isn't number one. And they deserve it. So. Yeah. yeah but agree. it doesn't matter. Who cares? Right, just be just be in the top four at the end. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Top four. Give us number two or number three, and uh, and then let's set up that number one uh, that uh, you know that one two matchup in that. Well, yeah. So if it's no, as long as we're not four, right? Because then we might we would see LSU in the semis. Give us two or three, and let's set right. up an Ohio State LSU championship you gotta game. Play two, we got to play two games either way, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I well so. Yeah, an eventful an eventful weekend. Even though Ohio State is kind of on a bye, basically it was an intra squad scrimmage for the most part. It seemed like on, <laughs> on Saturday, it's going to be even worse than that. So Ohio State, I saw, is like a fifty point favorite um, against oh Rutgers, God. and I th- I would think they'll exceed that. I mean, if the Maryland team that we just beat sixty or seventy three to fourteen beat Rutgers forty eight to seven, um, oh boy, I I, I can't imagine that. That that line actually seems low. I yeah, yeah it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. I I, I can't imagine that being uh, a fun game to, to watch. We have to pull some money. Pull some money together, Paige. Let's put put the bet down. <laughs> call Jared. Call Monkey. <laughs> um, Let's do it. Guys, I think that was a pretty good effort for a Sunday. Um, any other comments before we sign off? No, I think we're good. I think we're hey, good. Whatever yeah, happened to Austin Mack? Is he hurt? He he was hurt. Yeah. So he was he did not. I think he was in uniform. Uh, I thought I read that he was in uniform, but didn't play. He's been a little nicked up. So that's that's what's going on with him, and and that and that's just given more you know opportunities to uh, to the freshman. Why am I blanking on his name? Paige, help me out. Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, yeah. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, yeah. 83 yards yesterday. It's good to see him in there as the full-time punt returner, by the way. Um, Yep. You know, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So, all right, fellas. Well, 
I think we covered it all. We'll do a a, a, a preview pod, I guess, uh, of, of Rutgers. If, that, if that's an exercise that's worth uh, worth doing, we, we can look at some other games uh, in the coming weekend. Uh, thanks for making the time, boys. And uh, I'll talk to you thanks, later buddy. in the week. All right, guys. Yeah. Go Bucks. All right, Zachary.